The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. That's right, Regina Doherty, the Finnegate Senator, Mick Barry, the Socialist TD for Cork North Central, both both rather back with me for this week's edition of Common Ground. Before I speak to either of them, our reporter Eva Cairns has been out and about on the streets asking the good people of Ireland whether this is a good country, nay, a great country for children to live. Is one of the best countries in the world to wear family schooling, everything, but it's not been run properly. I mean, I'm 81 years of age and I firmly believe, you probably think this is mad going out, that after 800 years of foreign rule and 800 years of the Catholic Church, that it has left us that we've no backbone. It depends where you grow up in Ireland, I guess. Like some places are more susceptible to like uh, drug use. Maybe in the most, more posh areas, it'll be not as bad. I would say the education is perfect but when it comes towards racism in Ireland for younger children I don't think it's a good place for children that are coming from abroad. Once you're a foreigner you come here the amount of racism you get can affect you mentally and psychologically. No I honestly don't feel like I want my kids to grow up here if I could change that I would just the cost of living alone anyway. I suppose like even the the crime just the, the whole Everything is out of hand the way I live in these days. Like, kids are just, like, drawn to selling drugs and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I fear my kids growing up anyway. It's definitely not the worst place for children to grow up. But I think there is just a lack of services for children who may need support. There has been a huge improvement in listening to children. And children are, you know, now seen and they're actually listened to and they have more rights and stuff like that. So I think things like that just need to continue, you know, to give children the voice to say this is actually what we want and that it's not just you do what I say like that type of thing. If we actually listen to children a lot of the problems that children are faced with would be solved. Yeah just a few views of people on the street speaking to our reporter Aoife Cairns. As I said Regina Doherty and Mick Barry are with me. Uh, Mick is Ireland a good place for children to grow up? Well I'm going to take the no side of the argument here but before I do To be clear, I mean, Ireland is a better country in which to grow up a child uh, than many, many other countries uh, around the world. Um, In large measure, that's down to the fact that we're a first world country uh, and the efforts and the sacrifices of parents, mothers and fathers both, uh, in particular, oftentimes mothers uh, and others in our communities. However, it's also true, as a great Ukrainian socialist once said, that life strikes the weak and who is weaker than a child. And the Irish state uh, has not offered children the protection uh, that they need in many, many instances. It's done the opposite. In some cases, it has done harm. In other cases, it has shown uh, neglect. Now, I do want to make some points about emergency accommodation, but before I do, uh, in this round, I'll just say a few words about child poverty. Okay. Uh, A scandal in this country. Um... Last year, 89,000 children living in consistent poverty, an increase of 40% on the previous year. The government have clearly failed to protect those children from the cost of living crisis. 236,000 children in enforced deprivation. What does that mean? It means a lack of clothes, lack of shoes, lack of nutritional meals, a lack of a warm home or a combination of more than one. And lone parents... 40% of lone parents in this state live in deprivation. It is the surest way to live in poverty in this country. It's it's not if you're a pensioner. It's not even if you're an immigrant. The surest way is if you're a lone parent. And to have 
suffer from child poverty is to be the child of a lone parent. And that is something that the state and successive governments have completely failed to address in a full fashion. Regina Doherty, Fine Gael Senator, have successive governments failed those children? Um, I think I probably look at these things slightly differently to um, to Mick um, and I'm, I'm looking when I did the research this week because I could have sat here and trotted out all of the things that we've done in the last 10 years all of the things I personally did when I was Minister for Social Protection which was significant but to me to my mind the people that you need to look at to answer the question as to whether Ireland is a happy place for children is our children and we do this um, index um, a satisfaction rating uh, report every single year is done and there's one done by the OECD and there's one done by Irish um, statisticians and by and large our children for the last maybe 15 to 20 years are telling us that they are happy but the concerning thing from my perspective is when I look at the stats over the weekend is that it's slowly but surely eroding every year it's the, the satisfaction index is getting less every single year and some of the things that our children are citing are not the things that Mick talk about um, the things that make them happy um, are their family are their sports clubs locally are their friends um, are their uh, games that they play but some of the things that they're talking about in the reduction of their happiness index over the last number of years um, is their mental health uh, is the amount of bullying that they have to put up with it's about the incessant online access that seems to be great but when you actually get to talk to our children about the negative aspects of it. It's the things that are wearing them down. Um, and I, I would agree with Mick in, in this sense is that it's it's in those aspects that I think the state isn't doing enough. We're certainly not doing enough uh, to tackle bullying uh, with children. We're absolutely not doing enough to protect our children's mental health and safety with regard to online access because it is literally a free-for-all Excuse me, and I say this as a parent, not necessarily as a legislator. I think sometimes we convince ourselves that either we're doing enough or we can't do anymore because, you know, our kids wouldn't mm. be happy about it. But I think it really concerns me uh, when I look at some of the things that our children are telling us that's impacting on their happiness. Uh, to go back to the state, and the state obviously always had to, uh, you know, to intervene. We have one of the best early learning uh, services in, uh, to the envy across of the European Union. We have one of the best schooling systems. Uh, we tell ourselves, and I, again, it's slightly slipping. We have one of the best third level institutions, um, sectors in, in, in the uh, modern world. We have free GP care for our children. We have, you know, um, I increased uh, I introduced a hot school meals programme when I was in the social welfare department because I did recognise that not all children are as lucky as other children. We I nearly doubled the weekly payment for parents mm. uh, who are reliant totally on social welfare. So yes, there is always more than we can do. But I, the things that our children are telling us make them happy and make them unhappy has nothing to do with people before profit or Fine Gael. It has to do with mostly uh, their communities, their sports clubs, their friends, their family. Um, and Mick is right when he talks about the vast majority of parents in this country do absolutely everything they can to make yeah. sure that their kids are happy. But uh, child poverty is specifically what Mick yeah. was talking about. Yeah, like he's a quarter right. of a million children in enforced deprivation in this country. So I would dispute... That's not a failure of it, I would absolutely dispute those figures. And so the 89 9,000 children that are living in consistent poverty and he is right, is slowly reducing year on year because of the massive increase in the social welfare department and the early interventions that the state is doing. But the state can't do everything to make children happy. We certainly have to try and make sure that they have food in their
their belly, a home, a good educational system, you know, childcare when their parents go out to work. We need to do all of those things. But when you look at the indexation markers, they're not the things that cause children to be happy or unhappy. It's the things that make them happy are, are their community, are their friends, are their sports, you know, as their interactions and the love of their family. And the things that are making them unhappy, particularly in the last number of years, are something that I will concede that the state is not doing enough in, okay. which is bullying and their mental health. Uh, Mick, two points there to put back to you. One is I, Regina is contesting those figures that you cited. She also suggests that um, the government have been working successfully to improve child poverty rates, uh, but they can't do everything. And separately, bullying, mental health, these are the things that matter to children themselves when they're asked. And that is where the state needs to focus more attention. Sure. Well, Regina can contest the figures uh, all she likes, uh, but perhaps one of the researchers on the show there might go online uh, and check out uh, the sources for the figures. Uh, I think the the those figures come from Bernardo's and that they are they come from a strong and reputable source and uh, I don't think that they are uh, really open to uh, challenge. I know that they show uh, the state and the government uh, in a, a poor light. And if Regina says that the, the, the situation has improved, well, actually, the number of children in consistent poverty, according to those figures, increased by 40% last year. And the government's cost of living measures have clearly not succeeded in defending and protecting uh, those young people. I, of course, agree with the point um, that uh, family, sports, friends, um, that's, you know, the... The, the world of, of, of young people, and that will determine uh, the happiness. Um, but as Regina says herself, um, the, the, the outside world kicks in uh, and impinges on the life of young people. And we, we see that particularly strongly these days on the issue of um, the mental health of young people. And does the state do enough here? And the question is, the answer is clearly very clearly, no. There are 4,000 young people on waiting lists for the, the child and adult mental health services in this country. Um, more than 200 of them have been waiting for more than 18 months. What kind of an agony does that mean for young people and for their families? There were, in fact, uh, 19 young people last year uh, who were admitted to hospital, but they didn't have... Um, a proper place to go to. They were in adult, adult psychiatric uh, uh, services, and this is completely unacceptable. One of the organisations that would have the best handle on this would be the Children's Rights Alliance. I mean, there's eighty organisations that deal with young people who are affiliated to that. They give the government a scorecard every year. I remember when you were in school. I mean, the delight of getting an A or a B. And the kind of so-so feeling if you got a C or a D, but the, the 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 government have been awarded an E, an E, by the Children's Rights Alliance for the last two years in a row on the issue of youth mental health. It's it's just unacceptable. Uh, well, listen, uh, don't say I don't do any work on the show. Uh, Mick is not pulling those figures out of thin air, Regina. He's the Children's Rights Alliance themselves, that's uh, their figures close to a quarter of a million. Social Justice Ireland, uh, they come up with the same figure. So that, that uh, figure for almost a quarter of a million kids in this country suffering from deprivation, 
not made up by Mick Barry. I didn't suggest that it was made up. The numbers are as articulated by the organisations. I think where the Department of Social Welfare would come in is, is that we would contest the list of criteria that you use. What I think I would have focused on when I was four years in social welfare was that the number of children living in consistent poverty, and that was a Vincenzian partnership agreed list of metrics that we would use, has significantly come down. It hasn't increased by 40% mix. So uh, at the time when I would have done the deprivation um, poverty plan, particularly around children, we would have been talking about 120,000 living in children uh, in, in, in consistent poverty. Today it's 89,000. It's still 89,000 too many. Um, but the numbers are coming down because of the interventions of the state. Probably not half enough to impact positively those families. But again, to my mind, I could list all of all of the things we set up Tusla excuse me, we set up the Department of Children. Taoiseach has his own now unit in the Department of Taoiseach, particularly to look at uh, poverty with, with regard to children and particularly with regard to children's services that we access with regard to special needs, autism, ADHD, all of those things. All of those things, there's a list as long as your arm um, that have been done by the state. They're not the things that our children are telling us that make them happy or are making them unhappy. And to my well, mind, the I'm things that we need to significantly look at, and I don't disagree with you, Mick, because to my mind, we have major problems with CAMS. When I have to sit back and look Look at the two organisations that are the most significant interveners in children under 18's mental health in this country are Pieta and Jigsaw uh, and we give them relatively buttons in comparison to the overall spend that we have and they're the most impactful. We are doing something seriously wrong in the interventions that we have with our children and CAMS is not functioning the way we'd expect it to function. But when you look at the three things that our children are telling us, the bullying that they have to face persistently and consistently because of the access online and availability to each other uh, and the mental health impacts it's having there's where our state is significantly failing our children and when you look at from 2009 right up until the last one that we had which was only a, a couple of weeks ago the index is slipping slowly not by much every year but by a little bit every year tells us that we're not doing something to actually intervene in halting that decline in our children's index and when you look at the country that's doing the best it's Holland it's the Netherlands it's Finland they're the ones that are investing in their children particularly mental health and making sure that they stay offline uh, to the amount of time that our kids are staying online. Regina Doherty and Mick Barry as always thank you both very much for joining me here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.